Before we jump into today's conversation, let's take a moment to acknowledge our amazing sponsor, the Academy of Therapy Wisdom. Oh my gosh, we love this platform. They're the place I go now for all my CEUs. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Please join us for our next live online workshop, Integrating Mind and Heart, April 3rd through 6th of 2024. This is an experiential, active workshop designed to engage you in brain states that promote relational learning. If you want to get closer, say the things that usually go unspoken and trust each other and yourself. To get through the hard moments, this is the workshop for you. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to learn more and register. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Why Does My Partner. We want to give you a heads up about this episode. This episode will contain discussions about sex because this uh, week's question is about sex. And we'll be talking explicitly about sex. So if this is not a conversation that you're in the right company for or that you don't want to listen to, go ahead and listen to another episode. All right, let's jump in. Welcome to the Why Doesn't My Partner podcast. I'm Jules. I'm Vicki. And I'm Rebecca. We're your hosts. We're also couples therapists and messy humans bumbling through our own relationships every day. We met through our training and practice of relational life therapy. Between us, we have more than 40 years of experience holding hard relational questions with our clients. We're going to bring those questions here. And together, we're going to take a stab at answering those questions. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy. If something you hear in this episode stirs something deep within you about your relationship, reach out to a couples therapist in your area. We also love to hear your questions, so don't forget to go over to whydoesmypartner.com and leave us a question of your own. Here's today's question. Why does my partner always expect sex in the morning? Every morning he's lying there bragging about a massive heart on. I roll. Why does he lie there expecting me to get it on? I get the testosterone thing, but come on, I'm not a machine. Hmm. There is so much in this question. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think there's also so much in this question that many cisgendered heterosexual women are going to relate to. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, and, and I don't think just cisgender, I'm thinking about um, a couple I worked with a gay male couple that Mm -hmm. had this, a similar dynamic actually. Um, And, and a lesbian couple I worked with that Mm -hmm. had a similar dynamic. So I don't think it's exclusive. Hey, here's what I think is going on is I want to talk about sexual pressure. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I also, I want to talk about it from a few different angles. I definitely want to talk about pressure and I want to talk about pleasure. I love Mm -hmm. that you jumped in with that because they are so similar in their sounds and so opposite in in what we're (laughs) wanting to encourage people to do. Yes. You know, this gets into what is sex about? Mm -hmm. Is sex for connection? Is sex for pleasure? Is sex for stress relief? Is sex for um, uh, uh, filling up anxiety cup so that I don't freak out that you're going to leave me? I mean, mm-hmm. what are we using? Right. Our and the answer to all for? of that is yes. <laughs> oh well, it could be like all a thousand different things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's all of that and more. 
friend. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've talked about this before, but like, there's this, I, I've talked about enthusiastic consent on Mm -hmm. past episodes, right? Like this idea that like, if you're not all excited about it and really into it, like, don't say yes to it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's hard. It's super, super hard. I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to start a fight. I don't want to deal with disappointing somebody. Mm -hmm. I get that saying no when you're really not into it can be a really hard thing to do, especially when you're really loving towards your partner. It's not like you're doing it Mm -hmm. because you don't like them. It's doing it because it's not, this doesn't feel good to me right this second. Right this second. That's what I was going to say is there could be so many multiple different reasons why in this second, I don't want to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'd love? I have a dream about this episode is that we could play it um, in the kitchen while we're making dinner. If the children are not around and use it as an opportunity to invite uh, uh, couples to talk with each other about sex while their clothes are still on. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because most of the conversations we end up having, we're having like in a moment of heat and mm-hmm. that is not the best moment to talk about what sex feels like between us. If what we want is a conversation where there's lots of um, authenticity and no pressure. Why not? Because when we are already getting going now, if we're having a conversation, mm-hmm. I'm being a downer, right? You feel pressure. Even if the other I, partner's not doing it, you're still, you might still feel right. it. And let's be very clear about it. A lot of times the partner is actually putting pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, I think this is something that a lot of people can like take a lesson from, from the more kink community, because Mm -hmm. in the kink community, there's a lot of conversation that happens around what is okay and what isn't okay and boundaries and pressure and making agreements and having contracts. And then there's also a lot of pillow talk on the other side of this is what worked. This is what felt good. I liked it when I didn't like this. Mm-hmm. And it naming sound what does romantic. It's romance. But um, <laughs> mind reading is romance. <laughs> <laughs> now we've had a conversation about mind reading on this podcast before. <laughs> That's kind of why I brought it in. Look, totally. No, in my in my world, like in my (laughs) dream world, I would love for my partner to read my mind, guess what it is I want, show up exactly that way and only in that way every time, and be the perfect lover. What happens happens if if your mind changes between that other time and the next time, he knows that too. (laughs) Right. And it does totally. And so I think we, we have, we've been sold a bill of goods. Yeah. Some by Hollywood (laughs) about what turns each other on Mm -hmm. and what an attentive partner is Mm -hmm. and what sexiness is and what romance is and what romance is right. Mind reading is not it. Right. Like you were saying, Rebecca, the open conversations. Yeah. Those are healthy and a good thing. And it just doesn't seem like it. I can't think of the right verbiage around yeah. that. You know what else? 
Speaking of pressure, is the pressure can go towards the let's have long, extensive conversations about sex too, which can be super <laughs> awkward for most people. I'm just saying. So I'm thinking about it kind of like sex education for my kiddo. Like one of the things I think about when I think about talking to her about sex is that it's a normal part of our world. Mm-hmm. And we have lots of teeny tiny mini conversations about it. Mm-hmm. And so if it's not something that you and your partner talk about a lot, but you'd like for this to be something you and your partner talk about, we could actually have an explicit conversation about two things right up top. One is let's talk about sex more and how it actually is for you. And two, if it's weird, could we like talk about it in short bursts? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Just not name one it thing you like. It, yeah. Not yeah. everything that's ever happened that we like and don't like in one single conversation. Right. So it could be something like, right. what is something that we've done together sexually that you've really enjoyed and would like more of? And here's right. something that I really enjoyed and I would like more of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, what just occurred to me is the uh, mortification that would come over my face if I were to have that conversation that explicitly, but I can totally write a note. Mm-hmm. And I can it ask would him to write you a to note. Say that? Um, I, I think I'm thinking not really at this point in my life, but in, mm. in previous versions yeah. of myself, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would have been too mm-hmm. much for me. Mm-hmm. Now, now it feels fine. But before I'm thinking about like even, even moments where we've already had intimacy, we're just talking about it after would be like, ah, this feels like a lot. I'm, I'm lucky because I married a guy who was raised in a pretty sexually healthy household. Like they talked about it. It was open. He talks about it pretty easily. So that's pretty cool. But that was a new kind of thing for me mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. started my relationship with totally. my husband now. And I'm thinking back to like, Oh my God, is this okay? Mm. <laughs> I don't think this feels that okay to me. Thoughts right. that are coming up about how it was in the beginning. So I'm just thinking about us meeting each other where we are yeah. and different ways you can mm-hmm. do that and make it titrated. If that's what you need to do. You just reminded me of something that I think is really important too there, Jules. Mm. And that's to talk not only about what feels good and what I want and all of those kinds of pieces of getting it on, but also to talk about how did you learn about sex growing up? Oh, yes. What were the messages mm-hmm. that you took in? What were the messages? Like yeah. in my in my home growing up, if I walked in a room and people were kissing on TV, the TV was turned off as I walked in. So Mm -hmm. the message was like, sex is shameful, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. It's not something that we let kids see or know anything about. We don't talk to them about it, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? They learn about it at school, like from the nurse. Yeah. So I had a lot of (laughs) similar kind of messages, I think. Yeah. And so um, being able to even just start the conversation there with your partner. Is what did you hear about? Yeah. What, what did you, mm-hmm. you know, how did you learn about sex growing up? Yeah. And I'm thinking about dealing with pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have a message for people who are exerting pressure. 
One is to just look at what do you do um, when you're not getting the sex that you want? How do you deal with that? And just make a U-turn and be curious um, about do you get down? Do you show you're disgruntled rather than um, saying something about it? Mm-hmm. Do you like if you're if you're not having as much sex as you would like? Do you just say to your partner at some just generally calm moment, you know, I'd love for us to have more sex. How would that be for you? Or are you showing it by? Sometimes people pout Pout. or um, get irritable with each other. Mm -hmm. If it's been too long, whatever that means, I just put air quotes up. Um, Or or do you withdraw Mm -hmm. like as a retaliatory thing? Mm -hmm. So just think about or or do you make innuendos, send innuendo texts, be really mm, sexual in a way your partner keeps telling you feels bad to them, but you keep doing it anyway. Right? Mm-hmm. Or touching them in ways they've asked you not to. And so what I'm hearing in all of this is it's very, are, are you being, if you're putting pressure on your partner, are you being rather self-focused Mm -hmm. Rather than turning and looking at your partner and going, how is this landing on them? How is this affecting them? Right. And I have a message for people who are in the category of putting pressure on is that, you know, I can't say universally for everybody, but often that is a super unsexy move. (laughs) So if more sex is what you want, that is not the way to get it. (laughs) Pressure doesn't turn on the partner. Pressure, Pressure creates more often, distance. <laughs> I'm I'm thinking about the eye roll in the question, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like no, it's a turnoff, yeah. and I don't think that's weird. I think that's pretty common. I think it's really common. And I think too, if you are in a situation where you're feeling pressured, it may be that your partner does not realize that, and so maybe we have to have a really hard conversation. Hmm. A conversation that sounds a little bit like <sighs> we're missing each other. Mm-hmm. I'd really like to connect to you. And this isn't the way, the way mm-hmm. we're missing the mark. Or it could even be like, I'm thinking about putting it in the eye position, mm-hmm. right? You know, when you tell me that you have a massive heart on in the morning, I don't know how you're meaning that, but it's landing on me that you, that you think I should have sex with you. And that's feeling like pressure. Am I getting that right? I like what you did with that. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good way to open a dialogue. Well, I'm naming the behavior, right? right? So I'm naming, this is what I'm experiencing from you. Here's how it's landing for me. I am curious about what your intention is. And you said it with such a playful tone. (laughs) Well, part of it, which I'm not sure was on purpose. Oh no, it is. Oh, totally. (laughs) I am. I am play. Well, I think of sex as a play as playfulness. 
It's like playfulness with your clothes off. And so if we can't be fun and playful as we're talking about it, we're not always matching what the energy is that we're going to be wanting to bring in, right? To that mm, romantic mm-hmm. space. And so when I'm talking about sex, I want to be talking about it with playfulness. And I want to be talking about it with curiosity. And I want to be talking about it with, here's what turns me on, which is often like crazy to think about. Can I give a book plug for anyone who either owns a vagina or would like to have sex with someone who owns one? Is that cool? It's totally (laughs) cool. Are you going to talk about come as you are? I am. You got it. (laughs) It's Emily Nagoski's book, guys. And Come As You Are is just a brilliant way to talk about sex and to talk about how normal we are and to talk about how sex really works and the neuroscience of sex and the brakes and the accelerator. And there's yeah. a new there's a new version of it out. So if you're going to pick it up, pick up the latest the latest edition. I didn't even know she has yeah. a new edition. She's a new edition. Oh, that's she, she ramped up some more stuff. It's so good. And I'll just give a little plug that I interviewed her on the Connectfulness Practice oh. podcast. So oh my gosh. there's an episode there too. Um, you should link to it in the show notes. We can Let's do, do that. that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So. I'm just thinking about like, how are we opening these conversations? Yeah. Right. And, and turning this instead of a talk about how we're disappointed Mm -hmm. into a talk about here's, you know, babe, that one is not a turn on for me. The rolling to me in the morning with the heart on thing. Um, Let me tell you how to turn me on. Mm. I have a better way. What also comes up for me is that sometimes the time of day is an important piece, Mm -hmm. right? And that's a big piece in here because there's like the biological part of like, this partner is waking up with a heart on, he's waking Mm -hmm. up with an erection. Mm -hmm. And part of that may just be biological and it's not necessarily, hey, babe, I really want to connect to you in this way. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I'm hearing that also coming into this question and -hmm. thinking, oh, like maybe part of this is also letting your partner know, I really feel sexier at four o'clock in the afternoon or Mm -hmm. seven Mm -hmm. o'clock at night or whatever that time is. If morning isn't the time for you, Mm -hmm. then let that be known. And And it doesn't have to. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was just thinking about frequency conversations too. Mm -hmm. So time of day, and there's some people who want to have sex every day. And there are some people who want to have sex once a month. And if you're Mm -hmm. in a partnership where that desire has a big discrepancy, I think it's worth having a conversation about that and talking about how are we going to navigate that difference together where we both feel respected and appreciated and have some needs met knowing we won't get them all met. And I just want to really highlight that, that that is a huge piece in order to kind of move away from the pressure and into the pleasure. We both need to feel respected. We both Mm -hmm. need to kind of have that space held for both of us. Otherwise we're living in a space where the pressure is the reason that we're connecting. Mm. 
It's not, that's not intimacy. That's power over. Right. Well, and I also want both partners to do an internal check-in to know when, like you said, 4 p.m., making up a time. I might not even know when I am turned on. Like I need to investigate that too so that I can offer these other choices. Like maybe I know that it's not in the morning, but I don't know when else it is. And now I'm leaving him kind of like, I don't mean like physically high and dry, but I'd like to give him options. Mm -hmm. I don't want to just say, don't try in the morning. I want to be able to say, let's do it. Like you said, but that takes knowing it. Absolutely. And if you are in a monogamous relationship, sometimes we can say, oh, well, that means all my sexual needs must be met by this one person. And that's not true because you are actually part of this partnership too. And so not all of your sexual needs are going to be met by your partner. Some of them are going to be met by you. And that's okay. I (laughs) I love changing around, playing with the word intimacy into me, I see right? When I see deeper into me, I can share that part of me with you. Yeah, I love yeah. exploring that with my couples and having the people that I'm working with get in touch with their own self first, right? Like when I touch my right. own body, what feels good? Mm-hmm. What time of day do I notice that I'm feeling into that kind of space, mm-hmm. right? Because if I know that about myself, I can share it with my partner. If I don't know it about myself, my partner's trying to figure it out, but I, I he, whatever, you know, like mm-hmm. yeah, there's a lot of just kind of trying to figure it out. But mm-hmm. when we know what feels good to us, it can be shared. Mm-hmm. And it takes that bravery too. It's vulnerable. And yeah. I want to really name that, that it's vulnerable for us to come out and say, oh, I would like this thing, mm-hmm. especially if we think it's weird mm-hmm. or it's a big, mm-hmm. like out of the norm, whatever the heck that means. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm G G G myself. So I'm, I'm, that's good giving game from Dan Savage for everyone who <laughs> loves Dan Savage. I'm uh, good means I am responsive and thoughtful as a lover, uh, giving, right. Right. Good. So I'm just show up. I'm here giving, I care about what you want and game. I'm up for trying some stuff. GGG. <laughs> Woohoo. <laughs> I'm all I'm all about that. And I don't know, I just want to take the pressure off. I think we put pressure on it in regards to how much sex we're having, to when we're having it, to meeting one partner's needs but ignoring another's, to aiming towards orgasm every time. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different ways There's we a put lot. pressure on sex. And I'm, and there's I'm a so, huge advocate for pleasure instead. There's so much that we can get when we take that pressure off the table. When we just allow yes. ourselves to focus on what brings us pleasure. Mm-hmm. What kind of touch do you like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I know that you like that touch? Do you tell me with your words? Does your face scrunch into some certain position? Does mm-hmm. your breath change? Like, how do does the quality of your skin, like, does the color of it mm-hmm. or the temperature, like, how do I know that you're liking something that I'm doing? How do you know that, I, that you know, like, it? Mm-hmm. that is an important part of this conversation. And if we're missing that, we're missing so much communication that isn't just with words. Right. Absolutely. And what, and, and how do we stay open and aware to the, 
to this truth about just the nature of humans is that we change and that what I liked yesterday and what I like today might be different. I am so sorry. I'm so confusing. (laughs) And how my body worked when I was 16, 17, 18 years old and learning about sex and how my body is super different than how I am at 40 and how I will be at 70. Right. Mm -hmm. And I still get to be a sexual being through all of that time in my life. Yeah. And if we're only talking Mm -hmm. about sex as orgasms or only talking about sex as penetration, we miss so much. We are taking a huge menu of really lovely sexual connection off the table. So what we're saying is if you're feeling pressure and it's safe to do so, speak up. If you're feeling pressure and it's not safe to do so, maybe that's a big U-turn moment about, is this relationship an okay relationship for you? Mm-hmm. If you are a person who maybe gets a message from your partner that you are exerting pressure, we invite you to look at how that might be showing up and then use your words and use all the other forms of communication <laughs> to have <laughs> playfulness and openness and curiosity about pleasure, pleasure. not pressure. Yes. Love Is this it. a good wrap up? I think it's a great place to wrap That's up. That's it. Okay. All right, y'all. Love each other best you can. Bye bye. Take care. That wraps up this week's episode. Join us again next week for another Why Does My Partner? We hope that you continue to listen wherever you get your audio and that you'll follow the show. To go deeper, join us at our boot camp. You'll find the next date at whydoesmypartner.com. Did you know you could ask us your question? Your questions are relational gold. Go to whydoesmypartner.com to either write in or record your question for a future episode. We want to tell you more about our sponsor, Therapy Wisdom. Jules is one of their amazing educators, and you can also find teachers like Janina Fisher, Bessel van der Kolk, Deidre Fay, and Akila Riley Richardson, plus a bunch of people you might not have heard of, but will definitely want to start following once you take their courses. And because you listen to us, the Therapy Wisdom team is offering a secret code to give you free access to one of my one-hour wise conversations. Use the code WDMP at checkout. If you're a licensed therapist, coach, healer, or someone who's invested in doing the deep work of personal healing and want to learn about topics like neurobiology, supporting trauma healing, incorporating intersectionality and somatic work, then this is the place for you. Discover some of the most heart-led and quality courses available in a community of people who are invested in spiritual growth, equity, inclusion, and developing expert-level clinical skill. Visit therapywisdom.com or click the link in the show notes and use the WDMP discount code. Thanks, Therapy Wisdom. We love you.